0: And when I read that book, I was devastated and relieved all at once.
1: Yeah, I was like, I don't want to have this.
0: Right. I I really felt like, oh, there is something wrong with me. Yeah. And But I also fa- felt validated because it's yeah. like, oh, all of the pieces finally fell into place. I, I finally made sense to myself.
1: Gave you language for it. Yes.
0: Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, What to Do When Your Spouse is a Highly Sensitive Person. What are we talking about today?
1: In our last podcast episode, you made one sentence and it said, That's what we have to make our next podcast about. And that is the fact that you are a highly sensitive person. Oh, We haven't talked about this yet. And if you're comfortable talking about it, I'd love to talk about how that plays out with you and me and what it looks like. Because I know that you're not the only highly sensitive person out there. In fact, there's a lot more people out there than they're aware of. And this is a huge issue. I see it come up in clients and couples that come into my office and I have to kind of educate them about that and so well, and
0: even even in our workshops that we've talked about and I have brought it up I've just mentioned it and I've had a couple different people come up to me and say can you tell me a little bit more about that yeah
1: So. so what does it mean to be a highly sensitive person let's go back in time here a little bit and before we actually knew you were a highly sensitive person we didn't have those words for it right what did it feel like what were you experiencing what was going on between us
0: so i guess i could start um maybe even before we were married okay i can i can think about when i was a little girl Mm -hmm. and Mm. um it would absolutely drive me crazy when i would wear my socks and back then we wore socks girls wore socks that went up just to below their knees Mm -hmm. and it would drive me crazy when my socks would be one would be up higher than the other because i could feel the difference and my mom used to drive my mom crazy She because it because I would be so frustrated about it. Or um, uh, lacy moms made dresses when mm-hmm. I was a little girl, and so there was lots of lace. And lace on my arms would ju- just drive me nuts. I didn't like it touching my skin. Or the little on the socks, the little uh, edges on the seam of the sock by the toes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: those would drive mm-hmm. me absolutely crazy crazy they would just rub my toe and I would hate it. So looking back on those things I can go, oh so the, this high sensitivity that we've discovered that I have mm-hmm. or we're able to put words to it is not something that just started as an adult. It didn't no. come out of it didn't come out of nowhere right. There are signs from very early yeah.
1: you need things in a particular way to feel comfortable.
0: Right. I think a lot of people think if you say that you're highly sensitive, sensitive person, they think emotionally. Right. But that's not the only thing that makes a person highly mm-hmm. sensitive or makes a highly sensitive person. I also am sensitive to chemicals. I'm sensitive to smells, smells. I'm sensitive to sounds, alt- sounds to altitude. Uh, we go Temperature. Temperature. I can I can tell the difference when there's just a slight shift in temperature uh i flying i get altitude sickness even though the the cabin is pressurized we go up to mount hood and i can feel the difference and i get a headache lights i'm i have always been light sensitive for as long as i can remember but when you don't know that there's such a thing of being highly sensitive you don't really put all those pieces together
1: yeah the way I describe it is uh, everything's turned up to an 11 for you. Right. Uh, I can I can smell some things, not much, but I, I only get probably 20% of what you get. And you pick up all these other smells and it's like, you know, a woman walked through here two hours ago wearing this flavor <laughs> of perfume and it's like, are you kidding me? what are you, Sherlock Holmes here? It, it, it's. But you're right most of the time. It is Right. something has been there or, or you just, you have this, you are more sensitive to perceiving things. Right.
0: And that does as well include emotional states sure. because I can walk into a room and I can feel the, the emotions. Yeah. Um, I might not ever always be able to put a, a word to what those emotions are, but I can feel them. Um, I can remember in, <clears throat> in, in uh, when I was in college, I was working at a hotel. I was working night audit, and the night audit manager had used my cash drawer to do a transaction because he didn't want to open up his own and he actually didn't take in enough money from, from a... I don't know what... A guest. A guest, thank you. At the end of my shift, my drawer was short $200, and I was able to track that $200 down to the... Transaction. Transaction, yeah, to... I'm I'm seeing the drawer mm-hmm. here. Uh, they were traveler's checks, and they had his initials on them, and it was short $200. But I got in trouble because it was my cash drawer, and i had such a hard time not taking it personal and i wanted to defend myself and explain and and share and they just told me you gotta toughen up and i just felt terrible like i don't know how to toughen up
1: which is something a lot of people who are highly sensitive they hear From when they are small kids. Right. It's like you need to not feel things as deeply. You need to not take it as personally. You need to not, you need to be able to let it roll off your shoulders, let it roll off your back. Right. A little bit more.
0: Or I'd, that makes me think of when I was a little kid, I would step my toe and I would just howl because it hurt so bad. Yeah. And. It probably wouldn't hurt so bad for someone else. But for me, who feels things much stronger, much deeper, it hurt a lot. Being a tender, tender person and being told to toughen up, that was just devastating to me because it was like, I don't even know how to do that. And what's wrong with me? So we get married and and me being a sensitive person and and
1: me being clueless, clueless. I don't I don't understand anything about this. I'm as smart as a bag of hammers <laughs> when we first got married. I had no understanding of any of this stuff.
0: And and you would get frustrated about things and your frustration level was probably just a normal frustration level. And being male, males express it in strong ways. Mm-hmm. And me being sensitive, I would think that I would shrink back in like fear and terror because you were, to me, just so big and out there. And so I'm sure that caused a lot of friction for us because I couldn't handle your emotions.
1: And the friction point came because there were many situations where we had to change plans or do things to accommodate your sensitivity. We had to do things your way because if we didn't do it your way you would have been physically uncomfortable you would have been genuinely uncomfortable and i perceived that as why do we have to always do it your way why can't you be flexible and do it my way and i didn't understand that you literally couldn't do it my way because it physically hurt or right. you couldn't you couldn't turn down your sensitivity I can remember sitting in church and there would be someone with strong perfume. And it's like, yeah, I can smell that perfume. It's a little annoying, but no big deal. It's it's a room full of 300 people. Of course, there's going to be smells. Right. and You it would, would be going, would, I have to get up and leave.
0: It, it, my lungs would start to get tight. I'd be getting a headache. I would just be absolutely miserable.
1: And, and again, I would have an accusatory tone, tone of... Why do we have to leave? Why do we have to do it your way? Why can't you just sit here and endure it? I'm doing just fine. And here's another problem is I used myself as the benchmark to right. compare it to. You should do it like me because I'm doing it right. Right. And and why can't you just deal with this endure it like the rest of us? Right. Which
0: fed into my you're not good enough.
1: And so we play this game out over and right. over and over again in our marriage. I mean, it still comes up even today, but I... I'm glad to say that we have learned about this. <laughs> right, we both have. We, we've been educated in this. And so we can understand, oh, when you need it one way or a certain way, it's because you need it that way. Because again, the sensitivity, the overwhelm, the the physical sensations that you experience now mean you are going to be uncomfortable and miserable if you stay in the situation uh, right. or, or don't adjust or accommodate to what you need. Right. So when we go to church now... We plan for this.
0: So I bring a pair of sunglasses in case the lights are shining brightly or they have the whole house lights down in blazing blue or blazing yellow lights out facing out towards the audience, which kind of feels silly, but it helps. Um, I also bring earplugs so that. It reduces all of the the excess noise and just lets in so that I can hear enough. Right. Um, And that really, really helps. And we sit in the back row so that if my body becomes overwhelmed and I just have to be able to get up and leave and not feel like I'm disturbing people or feel embarrassed because people are going.
1: Or feel trapped.
0: Or feel trapped.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I've also learned how to differentiate and not take it personally. So it's like, okay, you need to go out and take care of yourself. I can still sit here right. and enjoy the sermon, and I don't have to try to take care of you, fix you, fix the right. situation. That was my codependency. It was it was always trying to fix external things to make you happier, to make right. you more comfortable. And sometimes that's just not possible. I let you go take care of you, right. and I take care of me. Right. And for the most part, we we. Are able to navigate it, right?
0: I think you were the one that gave me the book, the highly sensitive person. And when I read that book, I was devastated and relieved all at once.
1: Yeah, I was like, I don't want to have this,
0: right? I I really felt like, oh, there is something wrong with me, Mm -hmm. and but I also felt felt validated because it's like, oh,
1: there is something wrong with me. All
0: (laughs) the pieces, yes, not wrong with me, but. All of the pieces finally fell into place. I I finally made sense to myself.
1: Gave you language for it. Yes.
0: As we learned about that and navigated through that, when you started going, okay, I don't need to take care of her and fix everything so that she feels better. Yeah. Um, And as I was still trying to figure myself out, there was a, for me, there was a little bit of like, oh, he doesn't care about me because he's not doing what he used to do. He's not, he's not fixing it for me he's not trying to help.
1: Yeah. But
0: as I realized, okay, I can take care of myself. I can get up and I can leave and it doesn't have and he doesn't have to come with me. Right. I I can do that for myself. Even when we're at home yeah. and we're watching a movie, if if they like to listen to it really loud and sometimes my head just goes, "Oh, I'm done." Sometimes I'll just get up and go into the bedroom or I'll go somewhere else and Everybody's like, do you want us to stop? Nope, I'm good. Or I'll go get my earplugs and put those in. When you start changing how you've always been, it throws yeah. everything a little bit out of kilter as you as you try to figure out how to find the balance to that. Yeah.
1: My dysfunction so, lined up really well with your dysfunction right. when we first got married. And when one of us changes me, you have to also change or else you'll be disappointed because right. I'm not playing the same role right. that I used to play. And,
0: and learning to that it's not that you don't care about me. Right. Because you do care about me, but I can care for my own self.
1: Yeah. And I want to care for myself better in a healthier way, right. in a more responsible way rather than placing burden or undue strain on you. Right. Because I have to fix you in some way. Right.
0: So When we had kids, yeah, we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast, there would be just times where the kids would be just being kids and I would get so overwhelmed. And I can remember, and I hate to admit this, but it's true, I can remember that there were times where I would just scream at the top of my lungs to get them to stop doing whatever it was that they were doing because they wouldn't listen. Those were the points where I didn't recognize that I was... I may have had just been overwhelmed in every area.
1: Yeah. Um, We would only catch it once you had gone so far over the line of overwhelm. Right. Then we try to fix it. Then as we've spent more time with this, we're able to back that timeline up and go, we recognize you're getting getting overwhelmed. Right. We're going to do something to help you. Take care of yourself,
0: and that's really hard to do though when you have four kids that are under the age of, you know, seven or how whatever, right? And you stay, you're a stay-at-home mom. You you just don't have that option, and except for to say, okay, everybody, it's quiet time in your room. Yeah, and I did that a lot, or we'd play the quiet game. I really didn't understand how important playing the quiet game was, but it really. Now that I look back, I'm going. Yeah, that was really important to me just to have that downtime. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny because when the kids all finally started going to school, I can remember the first time that all of them were in school the first day all together and I got them all dropped off and I came home and I turned Strangely, I turned the the radio up, turned on my favorite songs and blasted the radio and danced around for probably 10 or 15 minutes because because it was like, oh, my goodness, I have a house that's quiet and I have some time for my own self. And I felt very selfish about that at first. But now that I understand how important having just those pieces of uh, time for my system to reset. Yeah. It wasn't selfish at all. It was necessary for me as a person to function well. Yeah.
1: Uh, the way that we phrase it is, is um, your um, resolution, resolve, resilience. My resilience. Your resilience isn't as high as other people's resilience. Right. And that doesn't right. make you bad. That doesn't make you wrong. That just makes it what it is. And we have to understand that when we plan a trip or go to church or do things, even around the house here, we have to just take into consideration that your resilience to be able right. to handle things isn't as strong because you have so much information coming right. in. Or um, or
0: even even when we have a fight. Yeah. The, this, I think uh, my high sensitivity plays out most when we have probably strong fights because I get overwhelmed very easily. Yeah. When I, and especially then you add those components of I don't feel like I'm understood, and I'm, it can escalate fairly quickly for me for my emotions to be just over the top. And we call it crazy Shannon shows up. Yeah. My brain. Boy.
1: You call it crazy, Shannon. <laughs> I never call you crazy, Shannon. No, I'm smarter than no.
0: that. No, okay, this is true. You never <laughs> the call the crazy me, lady. You never call me that. But when we joke about it, yes. we we both say that, and and but that's in the okay. moment. In I'm the moment, I'm smarter yeah. than that. <laughs> and my rational brain shuts off. Oh yeah, and it I does. really cannot. I mean, I I just get I, I get to a point where my body just shakes because yeah. I'm so overwhelmed. And in those moments, I mean, and Paul sees it before it gets there, I think. Uh, and sometimes I think it just snaps almost instantaneous. But um, even when before we recognized what was going on with me or had words for it, um, he would he would try to um, help me get de-escalated and... Um, The thing that people really, the thing that I would, I want most of all when we're fighting deep, deep down inside is just to be held or to, to be close because we, we desire that connection. But when I am in, in a state of overwhelm, even having him be in my space is actually physically painful. And when we were first married and we'd have a fight and you'd want to hold me or Mm -hmm. have me close or come near you. um, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. It was painful, so painful. And
1: I took that as rejection. Yes. And, you know, we've worked through a lot of that, but that was painful for a lot of years.
0: Right. And and to be able to to explain why it's painful, I don't think I could ever verbalize. Well, I didn't understand it myself. I just knew that if he would put a hand on me or try to hold my hand or get in my space, it physically hurt. I was afraid that if I tried to explain that to him, he'd think I was crazy because it felt crazy. Like, why why do you touching me hurt yeah. when it should be feel, felt as care and love? And yeah. I think that piece for me is one of the hardest yeah. pieces. Yeah.
1: I actually see that all the time um, because I'm married to you specifically and we have an awareness of the highly sensitive um, dynamics in a relationship, right. I can see it fairly quickly when I'm sitting with some of my clients. And it's one of the most heartbreaking experiences as a counselor to see oftentimes it's a wife who's highly sensitive and a husband who's dealt with that high sensitivity, but doesn't have the words or the understanding right. for it. And he's coming in saying the exact same things I used to, which is why can't she just do things be more flexible. Why can't you do things my way? Why do we always have to do things her way? When I can see that the dynamics, it's not because she's being stubborn or because she's being high maintenance or because she's being selfish. It's because it's actually a comfort thing. It's actually what's needed because of her story and because of her experiences. When the husband, I've actually sat with couples that the husband can't make the shift to being able to understand or accept his wife and and I try to explain what highly sensitive looks like and he's still too hurt or frustrated or disappointed or already emotionally checked out of the relationship and and it can be a huge dynamic um, it can be a huge deal breaker in a relationship that's why I wanted to talk about it today is because Again, I know we're not the only couples who are dealing with this, and this might be the first time, just like that book, kind of opened your eyes, opened right. our eyes. Uh, are, I'm hoping that this podcast can give some verbiage, some language, can explaining to other couples who are are experiencing all these kind of, of symptoms, these kinds right. of experiences. And they go, oh, that's bit. what it's called. Right. My wife or my husband isn't being selfish. They actually are trying to take care of themselves. And now it's my job as a spouse to learn everything I can about a an HSP, a highly sensitive person. Right. And it's going to cost me. Admittedly, in our relationship, I've had to give more than you've had to because yeah. you need things very particular, very specific. Right. And I've missed out on certain things that I would want to do my way right. because I'm married to you. And I'm glad to do that. I'm glad to, to, to do that for you because I have an understanding of it now where early in our marriage I didn't and I became resentful and frustrated right. and disappointed and all those things. And so my hope our hope is right. if if you, this sounds familiar to your relationship, if, if the symptoms that we've talked about or the dynamics that you've just heard here sounds like something going on in your relationship and you want some more information about it or you want to learn more about it, you're welcome to uh, email us in at podcast at com, Ask some more questions. We'll be right. glad to make some more videos about this or record some more episodes on the podcast about this.
0: we we'll give you some resources or the yep. book that we read.
1: Exactly. Or if your marriage is just struggling with the normal day to day stuff of the conflict and feeling selfish and feeling resentful and all those things, and you're looking for a way to improve your relationship in that way. You can go to five minute marriage makeover.com, five the number five minute marriage makeover.com, and you'll get three five minute videos there that'll teach you how to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. And then from there, you'll get other resources that will start to help your marriage become a secure marriage where you'll get connected, where you will right. not have to. Uh, let resentment and bitterness take over your relationship uh, day in, day out, for years and years and years. We want you to end up having a secure marriage where you know you know, you don't have to have a perfect marriage. But you can have a secure marriage. And and we're learning how to do that and we want you to have one too. So if that sounds interesting to you, 5 com is a place to start.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you want to find out how you can build your own secure marriage, go to securemarriage.com. And if you have a chance, subscribe to our show on iTunes or however you get your podcast and leave us a review while you're there. You can also write us at podcast at securemarriage.com or follow us on Facebook. We're Paul and Shannon Elmore, and you've been listening to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse.